Welcome, everyone, to a tech episode. Yeah, this is tech. Um, have I been mixing some things lately? Yes, it's my show. Deal with it. If I mix a little politics or a little randomness, and it's something valuable. I mean, a previous tech episode, I already mixed a little bit of Canadian Thanksgiving versus American Thanksgiving, how they are similar and how they were different. And that was a Thanksgiving themed episode. America, yeah, we celebrate that at November. And I'm going to end it right there because you need to pay attention to episode 163 for the rest. Yeah, a little teaser, right? To go back in time, um, so to speak. And I would mind being by this probably few, oh, probably a week or two from now. Yeah. So anyways, before... I dragged this down the mud. I have a guest here, and he is the at man. And I'm gonna read his nickname out loud. Prepare to be embarrassed. Dapper Dan the At Man. <laughs> yep. And he's all about the maps. Not the most technical person in the world. His site said it, not me. Don't come with your E pitchforks or your E bullets. Imagine you could shoot me through the screen and kill me. You you can't do that. I'm protected by the by the virtual screen. So you want to bash your own computer or break your smartphone? Go right ahead. You're gonna pay for it, not me. Okay. Drink your own Kool-Aid. Drink your own emotional Kool-Aid. Okay, let me stop. So that has his name, not mine. Okay, so I didn't make that up. Don't give me credit, especially when it's false. All right, and he teaches it for dummies. So it's app making for dummies, essentially. All right, so if you don't know anything about tech, you have tech phobia for whatever reason, especially a certain age group. Maybe even a few youngsters because of traumatic experience. He's the guy for you. And, and let me just plug in the site really quick before I even get deeper. So it's dapperapps.com. Okay, that's the site. It even hosts a podcast called Tech Bytes. Oh, very simple. It's one little bite. Processing, downloading. You got it. Hopefully real quick. Um, That depends on your brain bandwidth, so to speak. Um, what else does he do before I let him um, speak? Yeah, that, that's the uh, that's the main thing. He is a businessman, like I said, and you know he he didn't come from a tech background, unlike the previous guest. The previous guest was real techy. I mean, very very tech oriented. This one is simple. He's from zero to hero essentially, and he made it work. So there you go, and make sh and feel free to correct if I butcher your last name, Dan Hafner. No, you got it, man. You got it. You nailed. It. I gotta say that was one of the best introductions I've ever had. I, I really appreciate that. That was awesome, especially especially the part where you said "prepare to be embarrassed." That was that was freaking hilarious. I loved it. That was that was phenomenal. Chef's kiss, my friend. Chef's kiss. Oh, that means a lot. I've been some people don't appreciate the creativity of spontaneity with introductions. I mean, I mean, yo, listeners, you could call me out on this. Some of the introductions, you could just tell I was tired and try to be a perfectionist. But now I'll just have a little fun with it and you know, take some out of risk. You know, not not to risk that, you know, not the kind of risk that's gonna kill this podcast, kill the relationship, you know, I can say Dan is a white supremacist, you know, that's really, that's taking it too far, that's driving this podcast down the cliff. He's not that, okay, and to be successful, you can't be that. <laughs> I can tell that's you true. that much. That is true. That is true. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I could throw slanderous claims, what's that going to do? That's going to, that is just throwing a nuke bomb to the conversation, this podcast and all that, just do kamikaze for what? Just for shock value? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. So let's see how, how I'm going to start this off. I like to start with the negative first. And people say they don't like negative. But if you look at the data, people are glued to negativity. Oh, yeah. I'm calling you out, listeners. I'm calling you out. Y'all like the negative. You like when I go dramatic. You like it when I remove my Christian hat and just go drunken sailor cursing. Trust me, y'all like that. Don't say, oh, no, we want decorum. We want sophistication. No, 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 no. That's not what the data says, okay? I'm a data analyst, too. So I knew what is up. Only a small portion of you. 
All right, enough about me massaging my ego generously. Let's go to what makes an app bad. Oh, good question. Good question. I love that you said, uh, you know, we're attracted to the negative. I think in this case, we're not attracted to the negative stuff. Like if stuff, if shit doesn't work, we're not going to use it. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that's, that's very interesting. I mean, I think we all kind of know deep down inside, like when you look at websites, when you look at anything online that just doesn't work or doesn't look good, that's pretty obvious. You know what I mean? Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different answers to this. Um, but man, if I had to pick one thing, it would, it would really just be that it would just be when shit doesn't work the way it should work. So there's, there's, there's one thing like, like you've mentioned, I never really came from a tech background. I never really got into this stuff till, you know, 10, 12 years ago when I kind of went down this path. And to this day, like when, when, when something should do something that I expect it to do and it doesn't do it, it's like my biggest pet peeve, you know, like we'll be building something, we'll be trying to make something work. And I'm like, what in the literal hell, why will this not work? And like, there could be troubleshooting you go through. There could be like, I know this should be working. I know I did this right. You ever have that moment where you like think you did something right, and you're like, "What? What could it possibly be? Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I'm helping my dad do stuff around the house all the time. Like, different things when he comes down to visit, we're like doing stuff, and we're like, this should work. I don't know why this isn't working. You know, it's the same type of thing when it comes to software, when it comes to technology. Like, there's only so many moving parts to websites, to apps, to backend systems, to whatever it is. There's only so many things that can go wrong. So when stuff doesn't work the way it should, I think that is, that is, especially as a consumer too, like if I'm, if I'm expecting to be able to do something, um, maybe like I want to contact you or I want to get in touch with you or I want to be able, if there's, if something's not accessible, if something's not um, usable, that, that, that's frustrating, right? Like you can, I can, you can probably feel my frustration through it. It's like, like why isn't this working the way it needs to? Um I think that's probably the biggest thing. Like people can go down all these different paths of like, well, I wish this thing would do this, or I wish it would do this. My, you know, bells and whistles type of stuff. But you know, when shit doesn't work the way you want it to work, that's probably what makes it the worst thing ever. That's plain and simple, you know? You know, we will do survey says, I'm sure that is the number one answer. Probably the strong number two will be looks because people judge things very quickly. Oh, we shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Guess what? We are hardwired to judge. Easier said than done, if I'm being kind. Um, I am not going to use that with human biparts because that's going to a conversational landmine right there. (laughs) A whole lot of offensive feelings with that. Um, Yep, I would say that would be a strong number two. I mean, mean, functionality is number one, right? I mean, I... I'm pissed off with a couple of things I've used for editing and subtitles and the damn thing is not working. And I do every single thing, right? The damn thing want to upload. And yes, I'm putting you on blast stream labs, podcast editor. Yes. I'm putting you on blast because you have not solved my problem. So to put his point to life, to make it stronger and bigger with a major highlighter. Yes. When the shit's not working, I'm pissed. I went from a happy person to very aggravated. I'm ready to complain with the email ASAP. After I tried three times, just make sure it's not me that's losing my mind, going mentally ill with this technology, ain't <laughs> going cuckoo. No, okay, I did three times right. No, yeah, it's definitely the app. And they say they're working on it. Oh, this is why I left you. Um, I forget your name now. Stream Duck Labs, whatever the hell your name is. That's why you lost me as a customer because your thing stopped working. When you, once you start working well with me, I'll go for a smile to a pissed off emoji real quick, especially if I know it's taking forever. It shouldn't take months to fix the problem. It's all we're working on. We're doing the best we can. I don't want to hear that. I want the damn solution. Yeah. I don't care if I sound like a petty, bitchy customer. I really don't. Um, this should be for any business was dealing with customers. Um, yeah, take notes. Um, and especially I go to you, go to illusion17 at gmail.com. You better pay special attention to me because my audience is growing and not that I'm going to call them to do anything. Let's just say that bad news spreads like wildfire. Okay. So just take notice. 
I am not the most important thing in the world, but I'll tell you this much. Bad news travels quick, especially since my audience is growing. It's going to travel even faster. That's yeah, all I got to well, say. And just, and just to add to that, what you said too, like for, for people paying attention, you know, you know, customer service goes a long way. When, when something like that is broken, you're probably also leaving that place because they, they didn't handle it correctly or they took a long time to get back to it or they didn't actually fix the thing. Right. And it, like, imagine just how much further it would go if somebody was just nice to you and was like, Hey, look, it's broken. We're trying to fix it. It's, you know what I mean? That, that's one thing. Okay. After a few months or after a timeline, it's like, okay, you clearly don't have your shit together. So I'm going to, I'm going along, but you know, like we have stuff that breaks all the time with different applications we run and different software that we use. Like that's part of the game. Like there's nothing that's ever perfect in the game software. Ever. You know what I mean? We're going through this right now with a couple people. And I'm just like, look, like, I'm sorry, this is happening. We're working with our vendors and we're going to get, and that goes such a long way. Those people still haven't left. They're still paying. Like they're still there. They're not just hightailing it and running because I've communicated with them. Cause I've been like, look, I get it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating me too. But like the customer service aspect, even like it doesn't have to be software. It could be in whatever business you're in. If you like, like you said, one bad review, one bad thing can spread like wildfire and can just ruin a reputation, ruin different things. And that is not something any of us want out there. You know what I mean? So I'd like, I, I've learned that from early on in being in business, like break your back to solve problems for people because it goes such a long way. It goes such a long way in the long term. It really, really does. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've gave this, and just to defend myself even further, I gave these people, well, if you're watching this video, three months, okay? And you know what's that? That's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Oh, and beyond that, that's the devil. I will go irate. I'm going somewhere else. And I will do my best to spread as much shit stain in the internet as possible. Okay? Yeah. There's no for There's the Father, there's the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I know I'm using Christianity for, for the atheist people who get upset. Oh, well, you know, you know I'm a Christian at this point. I'm not hiding it. I'm not going to be ashamed of hiding it. And I, I don't judge you for atheism. You want to judge me as a Christian? Oh, get ready because I have a demonic side ready with a pitchfork and a big-ass shield ready. <laughs> so, you know, I, all I got to do is just make the... Oh man, I need this app where I could just say something and then the the, the object would just pop up. Oh, that'd be so great. Ooh, idea, idea yeah. right there. Zoom <laughs> and other apps. You know, that's the idea right there. Riverside or um, whatever others that deal with video. That's an idea right there. Just say it. Boom, it's right there. I make it just very very lively. I, I don't. I, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna blame Dan for giving me that idea. Okay, <laughs> blame me for that. No, nice. but no, he actually didn't. He he's just inspiring me, maybe in a spiritual, intuitive level, just to be this technologically creative. That's that's a serious note. Don't take my first point very seriously. Take the latter more seriously. All right. So you already got the bad app, and we can make us somewhat of a good transition to the good app. You already said customer service as tight to app, really good. What else makes an app good? I think that's an easier question. Yeah, I mean it's the opposite of what we talked about before, right? Like when something's just like, like I said, chef's kiss. It's just when there's design, when there's logical simplicity, I think simplicity is key. I actually talked about this on my show recently with a guy that was, it was like, you know, simplicity, I think is always king. Like when it comes to different things, um, the, the, like the human eye is actually attracted to white space. It's really weird when you study different things like this, but you actually find that a lot of times when there's more, when there's less, less is really more when it comes to platforms and software and different things like that. Right. So really, I think, um, and as, as someone, I admittedly, I am not, I'm, I'm not really a good designer. It's one of the things that I am not very good at. I outsource those things. Right. Um, I'm really more in the technical, the back end, the system, systemization of it. That's really where my, my zone of genius becomes my, my, my zone of genius is not in design, but I, I have a, I have a real appreciation when there is good design. You know, I think, I really think that's one of the first and foremost things. Um, and then I think the other thing too is I've, I've heard this before from, from a guy I used to work with, actually I've, I've worked with recently um, that kind of took me under his wing and kind of taught me a little bit more about this whole game and stuff like that. 
And he talked about this rule of three, which is, you know, whenever you go into a platform, whenever you're using any kind of tool, and this could be just be a, a tool you use at work or anything like that. If, if it takes you more than three clicks to accomplish a certain, like, you know, a high level goal or something that you're trying to accomplish with this particular software, it's too complicated, at least starting out anyway, at least starting out. So this rule of three, that's, that's always been a very powerful, um, you know, uh, design and in, in, in building principle that I've tried to follow. Like sometimes you just can't avoid it. You have to click and do down different things. But, you know, when you think about like when you go onto Facebook, let's say, or YouTube or whatever it might be, you only have to like click on or tap a couple of things for something to work, to post something, to upload something. It's there. It's, it's like they, they know that this is what you're here for. And this is, you know, the button's big or the, it's right there. It's, it's intuitive where your eyes are. And that goes back to design, but it also comes down to like, I'm here, I have things to do, I need to get this done, boom, right? When you look at Zoom, like there's all these buttons down here and it's just one click to do everything, you know what I mean? So I think that also makes really powerful and because it becomes repeatable. That's what you ultimately want. When you have something like that, you want people to come back. You don't want it just to be something that people use one time. They, they are like, this is dumb, I don't like it, and they delete it and they move on right? You want repeat engagement. That's how you build something that can actually be sold and leveraged someday. So, you know, make it engaging, make it so it's like, oh, I want to come back. It's easy for me to come back and use this because there's no friction. It's just simple. It works. It just, it's, it's like, well, it's chef's kiss. You know what I mean? So I would say that it's, it's design and ease of use. It's just really what makes something good in the long run. Oh, you heard that. Alyssa, I hope you're really just grasping this because I'm sure we have judged it in some some form or another, or some just even outright. Um, and I'm going to use my personal story with the podcast logo. I am also, I suck with designing and I outsource that. And that's why I have a good purple design that encapsulates some of my oddities and what I focus on. I mean, if you pay attention to the logo, it's a purple logo because it just stands out. I'm not with the two parties. That's why it's color purple. So it's intentional. And I even suggest a little, I mean, I understand color science. I mean, that's the that's the best I'm going to do with design. I just know what contrast is pretty well, but when it comes to executing designs. Don't ask me, you're wasting your time. I'm just telling you that right now. So this designer, great designer, she put white. And she put a silhouette of an empty UN building showing that, oh, you might not know what I'm going to talk about girls of politics. It could go from international to maybe really, really local. So that makes it a little ambiguous. But you kind of figure out that is a very empty, simple version of the UN building, if you pay attention. And all the flagpoles are empty. That could be, that could be whatever topic I want. Just insert it right there. Okay, and then you see the whole digitized stuff in the background as well, meaning I focus on. And if random, I just say, eh, you know, and make it even simpler. I just want to include it. They'll figure that out. They'll just figure that out. Everybody got the main two buckets. I would, I mean, my prototype idea was just put a little question mark hidden somewhere. But I just say, you know, you know what? Screw it. Just, just do that. And I think that was, and the person executed very well. I mean, she was great at design so it was designed by someone else okay that was not me i don't have uh, if you want to go back to my design it looked at my my first design personally it just it really overemphasized on the random it like it was a pink door you was going to some underground shady club or something <laughs> uh that didn't generate the best and the name was too long so i took all that feedback in and just let the design take it so i outsource it outsourcing is good especially if you know you're not good at that area like for data i won't need to do that i'm pretty good at analyzing data systems eh, i'll say i'm decent it's workable um but it comes to design i'm outsourcing that maybe the super tech i'll probably outsourcing that too because look i we are not great at everything and even um i guess um admitted that um himself and you know you just gotta gotta be honest with yourself um can you get good yeah but it's gonna take time and do you have the time to master that aspect Sometimes it's no, it's just no, you know, you know, if you was perfect, you know, everything, what's the point of outsourcing? 
really. If you know how to do everything, what's the point of outsourcing? Maybe very few people know how to do that. Very few people could do that. Um, but the um, vast majority, not me, not this guy. So that's all I want to say about that. Anything else you want to add? Well, just to add to dovetail on what you just said there, I mean, that's that's how I got into everything that I did, right? And and when I realized that I wanted to do something like this and get into this this game, I didn't know how to do any of that, but I figured it out. I built that skill. It took me a long time to get my very first thing out there and in the into the world. But then I realized by going through that process, I built that skill. I took the time to actually master that thing, and I realized, man, there's that's a that's a marketable skill that I have that I can now go and sell that in a freelancer agency capacity to, because yeah, like there's, a, so what we do a lot of is inside of this no code or low code space. And for those of you who don't know, it's basically like using kind of drag and drop builders to build applications and websites and different things like that. Um, and the thing is you can still do that. They, they make it. So it's like the, demo, the democratization of building these things. So anyone can do it. If you can point and click, you can do all this stuff. Well, what I quickly realized is that that's not truly the case. Like there's still, you have to have an eye for design. You have to know how some things work. There's all kinds of different loose pieces and it is a huge learning curve to learn these things. So that's where I was like, okay, great. If these are democratizable and they're actually can be used by anyone that removes me as the expert of being like, well, you know, I'm better at it than you. So pay me to do it. Right. It's like that, that's not really a compelling thing, but when it's, Hey, you know, I've actually done this and done it successfully many, many times for people. That's when it becomes like, oh, okay, I can just skip this learning curve and go faster if I just pay you a little bit of money. That's when it became like, oh, okay, I can really scale this and monetize this. You know what I mean? So that's just a quick little antidote. And, and, and it applies to really anything that anyone's doing out there. If they're, if they're just trying to do a side hustle or, you know, podcasting or whatever it might be is like going through that the first time takes you a long time, but then you realize you actually built that skill, built that muscle, and then boom, you can turn around and monetize and scale that. You see, I am, I'm just going to throw this another analogy. I am more the somber moon. I tell you, that's you the reality. I kind of don't care how you feel. I'm just going to keep moving. You could cry me forever. I'm going to tell you the dark, sad news. Wow, man, he's more the shining sun. Okay. <laughs> that's the way I'm, that's the way I am seeing this. That's up to you to judge whether I am correct or I am loony. That's up to you. Hey, it creates engagement. Is your host loony? Is your host philosophically um, intelligent, even though he likes to sometimes get negative and gloomy? I'm not always gloomy. You know, just like the moon, I got many eclipses. I'm probably a half eclipse right now. Ah, there you go. Another analogy. There you go. Boom. Whoa, oh, what's a full eclipse? You probably don't want to get near me. But if I'm just a shiny, nice moon, yeah, you could tolerate me. I might tell you the bad news with a smile, but you'll be able to brush it off. A uh, full eclipse. I need you to make sure that you know this is bad. This is really bad. You might die if you don't take this very seriously kind of situation. So that's more that's more of my uh personality. No, nah, but Dan, he's been the he's been a shiny, happy sun with spraying positivity and he affects you with some vitamin D and goodness. All right, just take it that way, okay? Um, so we are kind of balancing each other out right now, in other words. Um, you know, that's all I'm gonna say about that. That's a weird analogy, but I'm just gonna run with it. I think it makes well, I'm sense. glad I'm glad I can be your, your vitamin D for the day. That that that's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I was gonna say it like that. Um all right, so now the somewhat of a decent transition. How can you use an app to grow a business? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, you know, like we've we've worked with people who just kind of want it, it, it turns into its own thing, right? You might, just like you had your idea for the different stuff you can add on Zoom. And like, that could be an entire business in and of itself. You know what I mean? Like that could be one type of way of doing it. So, okay, great. I have this cool idea. I want to take it to the moon. I want to be the next gozillionaire online. Great. Okay, good for you. Um, so that's one way. But, you know, for a lot of people we work with that have like existing businesses, um, I mean, it's really weird to say you might not need it, you know what I mean? Like it really might not be something that's like, yeah, this can work for you and help you grow a business. It might be a distraction. It might be too much. It might just not be something that's worth you doing. And a lot of people kind of raise their eyebrows when they hear me say that. They're like, are you sure you want to say that? Aren't you like the app guy? But really, I've, I've, I've seen it happen a lot more times than I care to admit is people are like, I guess we just can use our website. You know what I mean? 
Um, but you know, if you're looking to, if you're really looking to, to replace your time, you know, like kind of scale and use something that can, you know, remove you from the business, remove your time from something and actually set up something that can be sellable and scalable at, an, at the next level, you probably want to look into something like that. And then I always, always, always am a huge proponent of SaaS products, like software as a service, in my opinion, is the greatest business model ever created. It's awesome. It's beautiful. I love it. And there's a lot of people I know that even we've helped build, like they already have a business working. It's a service business. It's you know a, a goods business, whatever it might be. But this, the software as a service piece is actually like it, it complements the business, but it's also like separate from the business, right? Um, so like you can basically build that secondary level of income or, you know, kind of use it. So a lot of people, um, so this actually happened with my business. So for example, when I first got into this game, I was building, you know, apps for people, building software for people. It was more of a one-time payment or, you know, several payments. Then it was kind of done. It was, that was a project based thing. Well, that got very up and down with revenue very quickly, right? It was like, okay, I, you know, I'd have up and down and be like, down was suck, down would be shitty and up would be great, right? So I was like, how do I fix that? So what I actually did was build a SaaS, a software service for myself, where I can actually, when I bring a client in now, I can be like, hey, great, I'm going to do this project for you. It's going to be awesome. But then we also have this backend service that you pay for monthly that is also really, really useful because it can help all of your, help you grow your business inside of marketing, inside of sales, conversions, landing pages, all this stuff. Right. So that's kind of how I went from being like an up and down project based thing to now we convert almost 100% of the people into that back end product that just adds monthly recurring revenue for us. And then boom, we don't have to worry about that. It's just it's self maintained. We do a little bit of maintenance with it. Oh, there you go. Now I have a predictable level of, um, of monthly recurring income that I can now build upon, run ads to with, and do all kinds of different things. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that's really a big way that it can do it. And there's a lot of different ways. Again, some businesses like restaurants, those types of things, it doesn't really apply to all that much. Um, but for any other business, like you want to get some SaaS in your life, like man, it can really, it can really be something that could that could help you. It really, really can. And, and for you, smart Alex out there, he's not be. He doesn't mean SaaS as to being sassy or smart ass. Okay, yeah. let's just be clear. That's that's name of the software. I'm not an expert, but what he's saying is a legitimate acronym for <laughs> a very, very long technical word. You know, they're very, very long and technical. And let's just be clear. Sometimes I could be a bit of a dud at times. Even though millennials has been stereotyped to be really great with technology. But, you know, there's certain times we get stumped and we go need some help. And Gen Z, forget that's that the stereotype of them using techno technology great is even higher. I mean, of course, they were born into this high tech era already. While me, I was the last to go from semi tech to how full-blown tech so i remember some of the you know i remember days before youtube and even myspace am i aging myself yes sue me well anything i should sue you for forcing me to say these things nah i won't i won't, I won't. <laughs> nah. the lawyers will love it though that's just free money for those for those people yeah i'm not gonna get into that um but yeah, no, what, what you're saying is definitely very interesting and it's something i'm probably even thinking about who knows? I can make an app just to promote. I don't know. Maybe this podcast or whatever. Uh, that's just, that's something I've been um, thinking about, and hopefully, just to bring in maybe definitely a little extra revenue. I mean, I love what people say. Oh, I'm not in it for the money. When you're in business, come on, the money is your motivator. Come on, let, let's not let's not use the whole social justice morality thing when you're in business because you want to make money. Of course, you're gonna provide a great service too, right? Because you provide crappy service. Well, you ain't getting that money and deservingly, you know, and of course that business deserves to fail because you're not providing what people needs. So that part, you want to use a little moral angle then yeah, help, you know, fill a gap, fill a need. And of course, do something that you really um, enjoy ideally. Now everyone could find that. Um, hopefully they can at some point, but um, like find a need, find a demand for it, and yeah, hit the right market. That's all I can say about that. Am I a marketing expert? No. So you could just take what I say with a pinch of salt. But maybe Dan here, maybe he could take the blame for your failure because I'm not an expert at all. But no, no, I'm kidding about that. Um, 
he has some coaching services for that kind of stuff. So I'm sure him. Do you have a team with that? Um, that'll be actually a legitimate question that yeah. helps people guide through how to build an app from non-technical now, from no no code, low code folks. I'm definitely in the no slash low code. I'm, I'm definitely low code. I understand some basics of coding. I'm definitely yeah, but I'm not. I'm not a high coder. Definitely not a high coder. For yeah. sure. Um. So you know, he helps you with that. You know, he came from non technical, so he could be able to help you out with that. Well, it's it's funny you say that about you know stepping in and filling the need, and that's kind of how I didn't start going that way, but I've learned as I've gotten more people on and all that kind of stuff. Like I mentioned, you know, like. It really is like I've seen too many people. You can go to Upwork, you can go to Fiverr, you can hire whoever, whoever the hell you want to build something, right? But that's what they're going to do. They're going to build it for you. They're going to leave you with it, and then you're like, "What the hell do I do with this awesome, cool new thing that I have?" Right? That's not a good place to be. You know that that's just one piece. So that's that's kind of where that goes. But then there's also people who dump tons of money up front into something and end up with something that turned into maybe it's a custom solution if they had a whole team code or do something with like that and they turn it out they turn around they're like uh this piece of shit what are we going to do with this thing you know what i mean it doesn't even work it hasn't even validated right so yeah so that's what i've started to learn is like okay we need to take people old hand holding through this process of like okay you want to build this thing might not have a endless budget like a lot of huge businesses out there so that's important but now we got to validate this thing. We got to take it to, you know, to an actual design phase. We got to get it built to make sure it's solving a real problem. And then how do you actually monetize and then grow and then improve and then fix stuff when it breaks? And there's, there's a lot of stuff. So we actually, we partner with people. Like we don't just like build it and then leave you go. Like we can partner with you. We can be tech support. We can white label different stuff. Like we can do all kinds of different stuff. And I've only learned that by going through this, the process with some of my early clients and realizing like, hmm, I think they need this. Like that was part of what that uh, as in the last question about like, that's where I went and built a SaaS product was because I saw that, hey, I would build these awesome things for people. And then they'd be like, how do I market this thing? How do I have backend systems? What do I do with all this cool stuff? So I built a solution for it, right? So like, you know, for people in business, like, that's kind of how you can build things. You don't have to have like this awesome, cool, great, big structure built right out of the gate. Like you build it brick upon brick. You see a problem, you step in and fill that void. You see a problem, you step in and fill that void. Like that's just kind of how I've done it. Uh, maybe it's then, like you said, like I'm not, um, I'm not Grant Cardone. I'm not like somebody out here making bajillions and jillions of dollars. So clearly I haven't figured it out the game at that level, but I figured out a few things along the way. You know what I mean? And that's that just kind of the, the, the the experience level and, and the screwing stuff up and learning from it and making it better. You know, that's really how it goes. And once you turn failure into a lesson, you could definitely move a couple of levels. You could definitely advance to multiple levels um, instead of just taking it as a heartbreak. I mean, that's something I had to learn personally because I never went through failure. I took my first failure very personally. I even tied it to my self-esteem and all that. Yeah, I was not in a good place. So turning that screw up into a lesson and learning and keep going forward i say it's key it's not emphasized enough you failed you're condemned as a worthless piece of crap and all that and then you know so that you know that that's that's the thing i have learned and you could take that on listeners because i'm actually being very serious when i say that turn the failures into a lesson and go forward it's actually a good that i'm gonna ask you that question do you think that that's do you think that that's way too pervasive in our culture today is that somebody fails and therefore they're bad or they like they fail they mess up one time um and they're they're just forever have that 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 shadow cast over them like is that is that too pervasive in our culture today you think i think it's pretty yeah it's pretty pervasive because by humans we are judgmental very critical and you know and there's this quote that actually got me a little disturbed, but there's truth to it. I said, people only remember you by your last good deeds. So if your mm. last thing was a year ago and you've been messing up, oh, then, you know, they're going to know you as a screw up. It's, oh, yeah, that was last year, though. Who cares? This person's not doing so great. And we treat that with celebrities. 
I mean, let's yeah. use celebrities a very good example. I mean, one of the some of them have to find those odds. Taylor Swift obviously is a great example. I'm not going to talk about her. If you want to hear about Taylor Swift, it's not the podcast for you. You're not gonna, I'm not going to go in depth. I am not a Swifty. Oh crap! I think I attracted the ginormous beast on that one. I'm not a Swifty. I'm not against her, but I'm definitely not a Swifty. Um, I have more of a mature. Oh god! Now I'm sound. Now I'm sound a little southern. I have a more mature taste of music and i'm not talking mature in a sexual filthy kind of i'm talking about in classical music older music that kind of thing even though some to some extent i'm an old soul but you know a few of them you know a lot some of them one hit wonders um that's not that's another thing i said oh yeah i remember that singer from 20 years ago and then you just be tight casted as that i think they're and especially in business it's even more pervasive i believe but celebrity cult but in terms of celebrities in the main media the reason why we could see it because a lot of people tune into it, either in a very low level, just hear five minutes of it, or it glued to TV for hours to consume every single syllable they freaking hear. Uh, definitely not me. I don't got time for celebrities and their drama. I got my own problems. Um, so that's why I think it's I think it's pervasive, and they don't teach you that enough. They definitely don't teach you that enough. They keep that hidden, so that makes it pervasive on itself. They might not mean it, but just encouraging a certain level of failure. I mean, you want to encourage a, you don't want to encourage failure to a point that the business will collapse. I understand that. That's gonna ruin jobs and all that. But there's gotta be at least a certain level of um tolerance for failure. You know, especially if it's low to mid stakes. I will I would say and just turn to a lesson and learn from there instead of just blame, yeah. blame, and then just keep doing the same thing over again. Well, I think social media is a big part of that too. Cause like, it's, you know, it's, it, nobody wants to, nobody wants to see somebody posting something around like, man, I just failed or I just got fired or I, my wife just left me or like different, you know, like things like that, which on one hand, like I get it. Like you don't want to like, no, it's, it's weird, right? Like you don't want to see that negativity in your life, but at some level too, like taking it from a purely human perspective, like that might be a moment in someone's life where they really need someone to pick them up, like where they really need to, to actually share that stuff. I know I've, I've been tempted at times in my life to share things on social media that like are, would just like be so terrible to share, like to be like, you know, because I just, it, it, I think when we're at our lowest, like we, we feel like we, we need to, you need to share that with somebody. You need to get that stuff off your, off your chest. You need to get that shit out, you know? And social media doesn't become a place like that because it, it's, it's all this, this fake bullshit kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So I think social media actually contributes to that because there's not enough people that are encouraging that are actually, you know, and sometimes it's hard to tell like a keyboard person of like, Oh, great job. Keep up the good work or like whatever. It's hard to tell tone through, you know, comments and stuff like that sometimes. But I do, I, I wish there was more authenticity in that kind of stuff. Um, especially in this type of domain where, you know, people trip up, people, people fuck up, people fail. We, we all do. And it's okay. I think it, there's, there's this always like this, this instant guilt and shame that has to be thrown on people for stuff. And that just like, what kind of world are we creating with that? You know what I mean? Like, this is a cool tangent we went on, but it's really interesting. Yeah, no, you're no, you, what you're saying is profound because social media just encourages craziness or yeah. fake, even fake positive, which I, ugh. Yeah, I, the worst, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. So great. Yeah. You expose these people, these fake rich people, they're just, they're just editing the photo to the 10th power or some just borrow some from a rich friend and just posing as if it, it is their um, property or something. No, the, those people being exposed. I'm happy that they've been exposed and I don't feel sorry for them because they trying to deceive, you know, just like you said, fake bullshit. I mean, those are one of many examples of that and people be hypocrites. Uh, for example, they, you know, doing just, they doing um social justice on race equity, but yeah, behind the scenes, some got leaked out that they're throwing that cause out the window because they chasing money and yeah. they got baited, they got tempted and there you go. And, you know, I'm not going to go very long winning on that, but that's, um, yeah. So that we just emphasize fake bullshit on social media, which I absolutely agree. That's why I'm very picky. I have unfollowed so many, even some business ones, even some business, um, social media accounts have become bull crap. I said, is this a meme account or 
<laughs> I'm here for business advice. I said, screw you. You lost me as a follower. And once I see three posts of nonsense from the same account, I just unfollow. I'm not going to explain myself. I said, that's you're supposed to be for a business. You're supposed to give me tips instead of showing stupid memes. I mean, you know better than I don't know. I might sound a bit aged here. Um, Count Dankula or Twitter's not a real place account. If you want shit post memes, you go to there. There's some funny stuff there if you want comedy and laughs. But in terms of getting real solid advice, you're not going to get it from Twitter's not a real place. Yeah. If you want hilarious, dank level memes, yeah, go there. Um, and ironically, I'm plugging one of them in. Um, even though I'm not supposed to. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking so many rules. I think to this point, I'm going to throw my podcast commandment out the window at this point. Yeah, but I've shattered so many of them, but it's all right. It's evolving, I guess. And that's why that's why I'm gonna justify it. Um, sue me listeners for breaking the supposed podcast commandments. The only one I'm trying to follow is the real commandments, not the podcast commandments. That was just a guiding post, but now just destroy it. All right, enough of me um yammering. Um in terms of app making, can it be affordable? I'm I'm assuming it's a yes. Or gen- generally, are they expensive to make? I mean, assuming if your your service didn't exist, is are they are the apps expensive? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like when I went down the path of my very first one, when I had the idea, it was a running and fitness app that I wanted to build. I uh, I got quotes from a bunch of different people, and uh, they came back between one hundred and two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Yeah, and I, we were talking like custom coded, you know, odometers, speedometers, speedometers, all this different stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the classic response is it depends. It really depends on what you want to build. Um, but no, it does not have to be. That's that's kind of the cool thing. You have these, you know, obviously to build something that's like a YouTube, a Facebook, a TikTok type of clone is probably gonna be a lot because there's a lot of different functionality that's involved in there. Um, but if you're looking to, you know, that's why there's this other spectrum now of this democratized zone of low code, no code type of tools. You know, people can, they have subscriptions to some of these tools for like 20 or 30 bucks a month. I mean, it's like super, super cheap. Um, But again, you get what you pay for. Always tell people that, you know, if you're going to be like, well, I'm going to be cheap and I'm going to spend $100 on this platform to figure this thing out. I'd say, I I don't even know if there's stats on it, but I'd say probably 95% of those people never launch something. They just don't because there's not a lot of skin in the game. There's just like, oh, I have this idea I kind of want to do. And that way there's, I don't, I'm not very committed because I just put a couple, you know, a little bit of money into it. So I'm not really going to follow through and do those things. Whereas, you know, and you've probably noticed this, if you spend a lot of money on something, you're, you have more skin in the game. You're, you're pretty committed to things. This is actually kind of part of what my running app was, funny enough, but you know, no, it does not have to be. But so what I've tried to do is draw this balance, Right. Because like you said, we're in business to make money. We have to be able to get paid for our services and pay bills and do things like that. But we're also not trying to like, you know, have people take out a second mortgage or sell their house just to build something, right? So we've kind of drawn this this middle ground of it's pretty affordable. We actually have a calculator on our website. You can go and it'll spit out an exact quote of like, hey, I need this, 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 that, and the other thing. And it'll say, great, you're app is $8,273 or something like that. Like it'll spit that out exactly. Um, So yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be, um, again, it depends on what you want to do. A lot of people are getting into the AI stuff now. um, So that obviously adds, you know, different expenses and different things like that. Um, But yeah, you want to build the, you know, something that has 9 million different things going on in it and API connections and different things like that and whatever. Yeah. You're probably going to pay a pretty penny. But, you know, you want to build something that's a lead generation machine, does some sales, does some, has some content in it, do a podcast type of app. It's not going to be that much. It, it's pretty straightforward. Hello, podcasters. Join. It's cheap. Come on. We got to go in there, there in droves. Go. There you go. There, come on. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Podcasting. Yeah. That's probably, probably, that's probably something I'm going to think about. Just, yeah, just, just have a little podcasting app. I'm, I'm almost definitely going to add those speedometer and all this yeah. AI stuff will probably be an update later on down the road. I mean, you're right. Now I'm happy you mentioned AI. That's another big focus. Um, you know, I like to take a break from AI because I know there's other tech besides AI, but AI is such a big, big yeah. thing that's influencing the app development or even the tech landscape significantly across so many industries. You know, not just the tech industry. I mean, offices, banks, um, yeah. 
Customer service, they're not doing that great, but I'm sure they're going to improve that at some point. Um, I have experience with the AI chatbots. They're not the best if you have a more complicated, layered question. But if it's a simple question, they're great. But it'll yeah. get better. And at the time we're recording this, there's this whole drama going on with OpenAI and Sam Altman getting kicked out and stuff. So probably and, uh, listen to this. Yeah, well, that's it's probably been resolved wall. by now. Who knows? But yeah, there's who knows what's going to happen with that? That's crazy. So, yeah, I would like to know the details on that. Um, like I yeah. said, I'm going to emphasize this again, listeners, from my previous episode with a very techie guest. We don't know, but it sounded like it was strong competitive interest and a lot of emotion involved because now the board regrets losing Sam Altman. I say, you idiots. I don't care what the reason is, you idiots. You lost one of your brightest and most talented CEOs. Now he's at Microsoft. That's Microsoft's game. OpenAI's loss has become Microsoft's game, in short. Yep. Yep. And I don't feel bad for stupidity like that. I said, yeah, I could have worked something now. And it gave some BS reason that, oh, it was his communication style. I was had to the processes. I said, that, that sounds like a bunch of crap. And I know because um, I, yeah, I've dealt with multiple situations where you, well, I've read political statements or even um, statements and different jobs. They just say some fake crap just to justify it. So it's just uh, I'm not, I'm not convinced. Um, once the details get leaked out, I'll be definitely interested. See, that's the drama I'm into. So yeah, okay, even Dan too, and definitely other techies, even non-tech, get involved. This is going to impact you. All right. And now I'm speaking to non-tech. The tech people already know this. It's instinctual to them. But you non-tech folks, you need to pay attention. Pay attention as much as you can. I know you're busy, mm-hmm. but just at least give five, ten minutes a day to this kind of thing. Okay. All right, so this is why I'm going to take a mild risk. Do you have time for one more question as regarding politics? Sure do. All right. Very good. So what political event or trend has caught your attention? Oh, good question. Um, political event or trend? Um, is it is it too vague to say the next the 2024 election? I mean, I mean that that sounds no, pretty vague. No, it is not vague. It is okay. clearer. I think this is November. We are getting this is a good time. I would say if you want to talk start talking about 2024, we just finished the 2023 elections. This is a good time to talk about it. I would say this is not being too proactive. You know, America has a super long political system, but I'm not gonna go to especially the um electing the president it, it is i think the longest in the world yeah, it is the longest i mean all the countries yeah. are only three to six months and that's it america is the uh year and change <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's probably a lot of little things too but um it, it it is it's 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 very interesting especially when you when you like try to take in multiple points of um of view and i think that's also it's not really a political event or something that's captured my attention but like something that's been over the past several years probably even before covid but but definitely during it and it just confirmed what i believed was the whole world of the media um it like that has truly fascinated me um to the point where it's it's just so amazing that there can literally be something that happens, right? Like black and white, like something, I can't even, I can't even think of an example, but you'll, there's, there's, there's so many different narratives about the the same exact thing. Like, you know, it's, it's like every news channel is just a political channel now, but I think everyone's kind of seen that like trust is at an all time low, but that's just been, that's been one of the things, honestly, that just has been, I think, one of the saddest things to see, and I'm not even like that old to where I remember when like, you know, like the news was like the news and it was factual, you know what I mean? But um, that is, cause I think that's, that's such a big thing. You know, there was all the different stuff about the disinformation in 2016 Did you know, did Russia get Trump elected and all this other stuff. And then you go 2020 and it's like, Oh, the election was stolen and all this other stuff. And it's all just media narratives that are pushed. And it's, it's like, it's, I think that's truly fascinating because it's just, it's this world of chaos. It's this world of, can we sell you on our narrative? And can you believe our narrative? That's really what it comes down to, you know, because, you know, ultimately none of us know really the the whole truth of everything about every candidate. Like we can't, we were not, there's no way, like 
I've never met any of them in my life. I never even come close to any of them. Like, how can, how the hell am I supposed to know? Like what's true and what's not true. It's what we're told, you know? Um, so that's, that's just one of the interesting things that I like to pay attention to. And, um, it just really has, you know, I, where I went to school, how I grew up, it just, I learned to think for myself, especially being in, um, over the last 10 years of, you know, question everything in, in, you know, and verify things. Um, and I think that's just going to be really something interesting to watch as far as, you know, cause you hear all these different things of like, you know, they, they, they want to have Trump elevated because they know Biden can beat him. And then there's people that are like, there's no way Biden's going to ever run or be the candidate. And there's all these different crazy things. I, I think it's just going to be so much chaos. Um, I think, I think that's really the word is just like chaos pushing narratives. Um, it's, it's, it's all, it's, 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 it's TV show. It's, it's selling content. That's really all it's really meant to be at the end of the day is just a money-making machine. Um, like you said, the two party system, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's completely broken. So um, I think that's, that's just really what captures my attention. I like to, I like to, I'm an analyzer, you know, that's, that's what I like to do with software and different things like that. So I like to analyze different things of like, well, what happened here and, and who said this and what, what's their motive? Why are they saying this? Why do they have this position? What's, you know, I, I really like to analyze those types of things. That's what really kind of, you know, you know, gets me going with different things. So it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. It's just very, that's, that's kind of my, my long winded answer to, to that one, I guess. No, there's definitely validity to what you're saying. Competing narratives. Uh, that's one thing, which, which narrative is going to draw to you, which one you're going to fall for the most. And, you know, it's very hard to get, I'll say even downright impossible to get the absolute truth, but the, the mind, the mindset I've got is just gather enough information. Me, I'm a historian. So I use, I use historical trends just to drown out a lot of the noise, but not everyone has that kind of hat. I use yeah, you know, I studied history. Um, that's my background is, and I love history. Yeah, history is very important, people, because you get a general idea where this country is going, despite the noise and the chaos. And you know, some people say we become more socialistic nation. Yeah, there's some truth to that, and I'm definitely against socialism and, and communism. Um, pretty bad, and some people may think I'm a part of the right because of that. Oh, you're a Republican. Uh, not some of my views, yeah, I am a Republican, and some of my views I lean more to the left, but um, there are definitely competing narratives that you just like you said, it is all ratings, attention generating. You know, attention is the economy, unfortunately, just to put it like that. So, if you come up with crazy things, attack, you know, oh, Trump, I'm just gonna this is not true, people. This is not true at all. Disclaimer Trump raped three women. Oh, a lot of people's gonna pay attention to that. Or, you know, or Biden's colonoscopy results. You know, they even have medical information. He's dying. He has three months to live. People's gonna pay attention to those things. They don't need to be true. They exactly. need to grab your attention. That's exactly. it. That's the problem. So, and that's a big problem. So, yeah. what you're saying is actually a meta trend. Maybe I gotta frame it a little differently. Yeah, that's a meta trend because it's been going on for years. Mm -hmm. Right, even go back to twenty um, sixteen. Um, few people we were debating it goes further than that, but just for the sake and simplicity of discussion, I'm gonna go twenty sixteen. I think that's a good point to start it with this whole you know Russia Gate, Election Gate, and all this other stuff. And all I'm gonna say is based on what I know. The whole election is stolen is nonsense. So is the Trump Russia gate thing. That thing is nonsense. They're just narratives. They're not true based on what I could find. But if you go to a left-leaning channel, they're gonna push Russia Gate. And if you go to right-wing channel, they're gonna say, Oh, the election is stolen was rigged, and all this other stuff. I said, listen, both of you have failed to convince me that that's true. Where is yeah. the evidence? Where is, you know, where is things? I need the evidence. Oh, it's, oh, it's classified. Well, I'm not going to believe you then. Um, until that, until that stuff gets declassified. Well, yeah, that's how skeptical I am of both parties. And if I'm going to recommend a pretty fair station, uh, of course, they're all them got their biases. I will prefer the Hill slash News Nation. They don't the want that spread the least amount of stuff. And that, trust me, it took me time. And I even got a website that checks on media bias. So if you check, if you go to your source you normally use, it's going to rate it. Is it least bias centered or is it lean to the left? Does it lean to the right? 
Oh, is it factual? They're reporting. I mean, it has a good, good um breakdown. I can even send you the link if you want there regarding that. Um, I, you know, I I could offer things like that. See, that's why I could be a great guest for politics because I can say, hey, here's a site I can give you the bias of what that source is. And there's also something called ground news as well. Ground news on um, cover stuff that some people don't cover. I mean, not everyone's aware that Argentina has elected a right wing libertarian. I just saw that. Yeah. You know, some people, um, you know, I don't know yeah. who, who's not, who got their head in the, on the sand, you know, and he is really challenging the culture of left-wing Argentinian policies, even politicians. Of course, the young leftists, just like America, they were sad and very upset, very common. And was so you get the person you want. I mean, me, I mean, me personally, I didn't I did not support either Trump or Biden because they both they're both are just old fools. I mean, we got so we should have so many options. How many people yeah. we have over 330 million? We could at least pick. I don't know. They're yeah. they're both well, not the best, in my opinion. So yeah. Well, and then I guess just real quick, also another trend you made me think of when when we were you we were going through that was um, I got asked this. It wasn't quite that, but it was on another show. I was on a, a while ago. There was there's this trend towards. It's almost coming down to this too. There's there's a lot of platforms that are popping up there. A lot of new ones that are kind of divorcing themselves from that social media like game and the media game, and they're saying, look, like. This is what we stand for. This is what we believe. This is who we are. Whether they're right wing, they're left wing, they have different values or whatever. They're they're like literally taking a stand and they're breaking off and they're building their own platform. And they're saying, you can come in the door if you're this, 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 and this. And that's a super interesting trend because that almost leads to groupthink, if you really think about it. Like you think about like something like a truth social, like there's probably not a lot of left wing people on there. <laughs> you know what I mean, there might be. I've, I've never used it, to be honest. I, I don't even know. But, you know, it, it, there's, I, I took a little bit of psychology in college. It didn't, it didn't really go anywhere with it. But what I remember, there was a story about groupthink. And they had all these kids in this room that thought this way and these kids that thought this way. And they wanted to kill each other was basically the moral of the story. So that's, that's super interesting if you see these fracturing communities of, well, if you believe that if you lean this way, you've got to just use this app and this platform and this media and whatever but if you lean this way, you're on this side. And that, that I think that that just sows further division. I think that, I mean, a lot of, a lot of Americans are very down the middle, very logical, very, you know, head on straight type of people. But that trend is interesting because the more we engage online, the more we do online, the more we buy online, like if we're only doing it inside of certain communities, I think there's good parts to that. And I think there's interesting parts to that. I'll put it that way. Not dangerous or bad. Like that could be a good thing. Um, but it's very, very interesting. It's very interesting to see. I mean, the the pro is, well, you got your instant validators, um, unless you want right. to go 180. But the bad part is it's further fracturing, I mean, further creating this um division. And the bright side is more options, you know. And the other negative is, you know, you're just strengthening that echo chamber. Uh, oh, yeah, Trump is a man. Trump is a man. I mean, this is why right. I got rid of real talk real quick it sounds like i'm going to call out this particular um guest but i left it there because it was such a echo chamber of right wings. i gave it a shot to see what it was i put myself out there i got ignored i said like, well oh wow these people are so crazy they did they, they, they will even consider uh centrist independent nope. at yeah. the time of the day i just got ignored and just one thumbs up Oh, that's great. One thumbs up. Oh, that means that they, oh, my heart is healed because that one thumbs up. Oh, that's great. That's great. No, I I didn't last there very long. And I I will do the same thing if it was a left-wing um platform. I, you know, and if I'm not gonna get attention or whatever, I'm just gonna leave. I mean, I'm not gonna waste my time. I'd rather stick to somewhere where it's somewhat centrist, at least. I mean, yeah. But yeah, Facebook favors the left some to some extent, but the right wing they got their own groups there as well. I mean, let's let's be clear. It's not per it's not complete censorship like the right wing has said. And then of course the left will bitch about it once they experience the same same thing too. As a no, that's why we gotta try to apply. Look, the only thing it shouldn't be allowed is death threats, doxing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm for yeah. punishment, those kind of things. But if you should be allowed to say a crazy um, opinion 
Um, and, you know, but not by if you, but if you do anything that's doxing or eventually leading to that person's death, yeah, you deserve the consequences. Right. I don't want the wild wild rest either um obviously and so you know that that'll be my thing i'm not going off the tangent a little bit but that's what i'm gonna say about that to so keep it more succinct and somewhat clean of a response now for all those yeah and rumble i think rumble is one of them that's saying look we have more free speech but at least they accept left-wing free speech people i gotta give them that credit because there are left-wing free speech people like uh jimmy door and kim iverson those are left-wing people i take more seriously because I got ahead on their shoulders, even though at times Jimmy Dore could sound insane, but that's his comedic um shtick. So I get I get that. Um his comedic. So there's a purpose for that. And then who is someone on the right? And you might you might not know this name, but I listened to him. That's how I started getting my politics. That's how I started becoming more centrist. I mean, I started off as a very moderate Democrat. I mean, I knew certain things I was agreeing with Republicans, or I was a blue dog Democrat, but that breed is dying in the Democrat Party. And I jumped out because of wokeness. I'm anti-woke. I don't don't tell me how to talk. Don't spread these stupid terms that most Americans don't care about. And well, the one for the right, um, it was Michael Savage. He's the one that educated me about certain things that I wasn't aware of. So, oh, that's interesting. I was aware that I look it up. There is a lot of truth to what he is um, saying. He's not right about everything, of course. I mean, we all human beings, we are going to flaw. We're going to screw up somewhere. I get that. Nothing ever is going to be perfect. You know, applies to apps, people, and platforms. But, yeah. but you know, um, and that's why people just, people can't assume perfection. You can't expect perfection. I mean, come on. Yeah, unless you're an angel going to heaven, if you even believe in that, <laughs> certain listeners, then you know, I I guess that's um that's perfection right there. Um, you know, I think once you evolve out humanity, but you know, I'm I'm not gonna get too religious there. So you already you already answers my one whole political question. I thought that was broad enough just to include whatever responses, but your thing is a metal yours was a metal trend, which is a great answer. Uh, because it's still going on today. Some people may forget about it, but mm, it's still going on today. That this division, which narrative is selling, and each news is their own flavor. If you want center left flavor, you go to ABC. If you want center right flavor, you go to Fox. You want left wing, you go to MSNBC. I think they don't want to feel it's still very left. And if you want to go to right wing, you go to Newsmax, you know, those kind of things. And if you go to center, you go to the Hill or News Nation, which they're collaborating, which I think is a good move for them because they need to they need to unite. Almost they won't. I mean, the Hill will do fine by itself, but I think News Nation would collapse if they don't. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that they couldn't find a good audience. I said there's a lot of middle of the road people. I thought they would have been growing exponentially, but I think it's just these compat competing narratives on both left and right that's taking a lot of the attention oxygen away if you will yeah so that's all i'm gonna say before i drag this down further so is there uh right, to wrap this up i think that's a very good one long point of politics yeah i can mix up a little bit of politics there sometimes these things are interconnected you know so yeah. that's all i'm gonna say about it that's my defense and it's my show yes yeah, so you can call me big baby for that. my show hmm. my show but you know um Anything you want to wrap up? Anything um, for getting in general? Any plugins I'm not aware of? Or um, no, I mean, if anybody wants to, you know, to meet up with me and you know have a conversation about anything, just go to the site. It's called DapperMobileApps.com. Um, you can book an appointment with me. We got that calculator there. We got some cool little tools and stuff like that. Um, but no, I mean, I think you know, just going back to what I said earlier, you know, if you've ever thought about SaaS, if you ever thought about all this stuff. Um, you know, that's why I do these types of shows is because a lot of people either have an idea and they've never taken action on it. And that's probably the saddest thing that ever happens is, you know, ideas just die in silence. Um, or maybe you've never thought about it and it's just something that could be useful for you or possibly another side hustle or, you know, just another way to, to make some money or do some, do some different things in the world. So, um, you know, I always encourage people just, just, there's no harm in reaching out. There's no harm in booking an appointment. There's no harm in just talking through your idea. Um, we can sign NDAs. We can not sign NDAs. We don't really, we don't, I leave it up to you. It's whatever. Um, but, you know, a lot of people just come and they say like, hey, I just want to talk through this. Tell me if it's a terrible idea, Dan, or not. And I'll tell you. I, I won't sugarcoat it either. Um, but yeah, if you're ever interested in anything that like that, just check out uh, dappermobileapps.com and I'd uh, be happy to, to talk with you about whatever you're looking to do. Well, his website and social media links will be provided in the description. So just um, you know, 
just look in the description for either YouTube, Rumble, and ACAST. And then once I send to ACAST, it's going to be automated to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Okay, so those are your main ones. I'm sure it's spread out in other podcast platforms that I'm not aware of. Um, I'm shocked that the tool is still working, but I think that's the power of automation. It's amazing, really. So mm-hmm. you know, that's all I could say for that. So yeah, check his stuff out. Don't let your idea die in silence or your own doubt. Give it a shot. You might be surprised. It's a it could be a better idea you thought, or if it's a shitty idea, probably give you another tip. Probably an alternative. You know, you know, maybe I, you know, sometimes when it's a crappy idea, it's because you haven't figured out your why or the how. You're not clear. You have a general goal, but you don't know how you're gonna get there. It could be sometimes one specific thing that's keeping it from being such a good idea. So challenge your boundaries, shatter your own glass barrier, and See where it goes from there. That's all I'm going to say. And that is my few, few shiny points to this moon. The moon does shine. So there's some brightness to the moon. Okay. There it is. So that's all I'm going to say for that. And one more thing before I wrap this up. Like, comment, subscribe. I know I signed a broken record, but this really gives feedback to the algorithm that this is actually worthy of spreading it through youtube and rumble and acast well acast is through download so download the thing at acast okay so from wherever you're at whatever time zone you're dwelling in you have a blessed after oh my goodness you have a blessed day afternoon or night thank you for having me appreciate it no problem